The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and publisher of Regenerate Magazine that you can learn more about at regeneratemagazine.com. Thank you so much for joining us, whether it's live or on demand. We love you, our listeners, and want to support you and everyone who embrace the notion that although you may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that you can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices you make to regenerate your body, mind, spirit, lifestyle, and career. And our guest today understands the value of the choices that we make. James Tripp is an internationally recognized and respected personal adaptist and lifestyle creation coach, developmental hypnotist, and teacher of self-mastery, hypnosis, and influential communication. Coming from a diverse background, including philosophy, music, martial arts, movement culture, and NLP, James is also the developer of the critically acclaimed hypnosis without trance approach to hypnosis. Beyond coaching, James has run workshops internationally, and his London and UK workshops typically draw students from around the world. He has also consulted in the fields of sales, education, and business leadership. He's currently on the road, which we're going to talk about, traveling the world for one year with his family, wife, and two daughters, and on a mission to explore and experiment with living in different countries and how to grow development mentally, both individually and as a family. And you can learn more about James at www.jamestrip.co.uk. That's jamestrip.co.uk. Welcome to the show, James. It's a great pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much for inviting me on, Sandra. I'm very much looking forward to it. You are very welcome. And let's get started by discussing your philosophy and approach as a coach. As I mentioned just a few minutes ago, you've developed the hypnosis without trance approach to hypnosis, which you describe on your website as a pragmatic approach that focuses on the use of language and communication to direct attention and seed ideas for the purpose of assisting a person in altering their experience and perception. So can you elaborate and explain that a bit? Um, yes, I can. And I shall do it as briefly as I can in a, in a quick nutshell because I could really expand on this and get okay. carried away. So, um, so when I originally learned hypnosis, it was taught as being something that was very much about putting somebody into a special, specific altered state called hypnosis that somehow rendered them open to suggestion in a way that they were not otherwise. And 
I was also taught to, to spot certain markers for this state as it was being induced. I would be putting air quotes around that if you could see it. Um, <laughs> and I, when I went out into the world and started you know, doing hypnosis in various contexts, I was working with clients in a hypnotherapy context. I was also – I started – doing a rather bizarre thing, which is hanging around with a bunch of street hypnotists in London, in the UK, um, and we would do hypnosis uh, out and around Covent Garden and this kind of thing. But my experiences just didn't match how I'd been told that hypnosis worked at all, because often I would induce these deep hypnotic states, allegedly, and I'd see all the physiological markers that I'd been taught to, to spot, and yet none of the uh, what are classically called hypnotic phenomena would work, the classic deep trance phenomena, they wouldn't happen. So the person was showing signs of deep trance, but they weren't doing the deep trance uh, phenomena. Mm. So that seemed odd. But the other thing that was even odder was that by going straight for these hypnotic phenomena, uh, without doing the trance inductions and stuff, people, a good measure of people were getting them. So, so the whole picture didn't add up, and it led me to do a lot of thinking, a lot of research, a lot of exploration as to what was really going on with this thing that call, people call hypnosis uh, and build a different model of it that's less about states and specific, specific particular states and is much more about process, much more about how we use our natural toolkit, that is language and communication, to um, lead other people's minds, to direct their minds and focus. Okay, so that's, it, uh, that's in a nutshell. Yeah. Now, my understanding of how hypnosis works is that you're changing the brain state. In other words, the brain waves, um, the frequency decreases from, say, beta state to delta or theta, and that's supposed to be... Uh, allow a more direct connection to the subconscious mind. Is that correct? Is that a correct understanding of what's supposed to happen during hypnosis? And and that's what you were observing physically happening? Um, I think that is a description. I think to to paraphrase, um, I believe it was uh, Werner Heisenberg, the physicist who said this. Yes. Uh, I think he said something like the universe is not only more complex than you think, it's more complex than you can think. No, <laughs> that's um, yeah. Which is a line I love. I absolutely love that line. Um, and I think there's a lot of rich wisdom behind that as well. But if we apply that in this context, I think what's going on with hypnosis is actually very deep and very rich. There's a lot of threads going on, a lot of different factors and variables involved. So I, you can sort of pull out different narratives about what is going on with hypnosis, and they can look very different. They can almost look like contradictory narratives, but really they're just narratives that are pulling out one aspect of something which is very rich and very complex. So to, to look at, at the, the model that you've just talked about, the traditional view is there's this state called trance, yeah. um, or, or some people just call it hypnosis, which is fair enough. And often people say, yes, there's a, a shift in brainwave states, perhaps from uh, beta to synchronous alpha or, or maybe further. And I believe that this is a very useful thing to be able to do, to shift someone's state in this way for all manner of reasons. Um, it does tend to change people's processing mode in their minds. So people often are caught up in tight, narrow um, thought tunnels, so to speak. And when people shift their state that way, they open up and they do tend to have, I think, a broader access to their 
um, general personal resource pool. And I can go a little bit more into detail about that um, if, if we need to. But I don't believe the old model that it makes them somehow more open to suggestion. Oh, okay. Because you just didn't see that in practice is what you're saying. I didn't see it in practice. And the other thing that I, I, would, I would be want to be clear about here is the way I look at hypnosis, if you look at the original definition that you shared, the use of language and communication to direct attention, uh, lead cognition and seed ideas for the purpose of leading someone into an altered experience of reality. So that end point, the leading someone somewhere, where you might want to lead them might be that very useful altered state, um, which is sometimes called generative trance or therapeutic trance. Now, I prefer the term generative trance for that state because there's an almost infinite number of other trance states that you could take somebody into as well. And the process of taking them there, I would equally call hypnosis. Interesting. Okay. So in your work with hypnosis without trance, what were you able to accomplish with your clients? How were you able to help them? Well, to, to, to put a, a sort of frame around this, the hypnosis without trance thing is just a small thing um, yeah. rather than a big thing. And it's really, it's quite geeky in a lot of ways. So it's not, it's not really specifically about client work. It's about hypnosis. Now, the question is, where do you apply that? So the area is yes. I apply it. I apply it in doing coaching and transformative work and this kind of thing. Uh, but I also know other people that are, I used to be, um, semi-professionally at least, a magician many years ago. So I would mix in doing little fun pieces of hypnosis, not the old stage show stuff. That's not my cup of tea, but fun and interesting pieces of hypnosis with my uh, close-up magic. And so there are people that use that in that context as well. And there's probably an infinite number of contexts. Some people are just interested in hypnosis. They're just curious about what is it that's happening here, and they use it there. Other people, I've worked with people um, who are salespeople who are interested in being more influential sales-wise and, and being able to look at the process, again, going back to that de definition, language and communication to direct attention, lead cognition and seed ideas. From a position of, of sales and influence, that's an incredibly useful um, skill set to have, way yes. of understanding language and communication. People normally think of language and communication as about getting something across to mm. people in terms of an idea or a concept, rather than nudging their attention and, and nudging their experience in particular directions. So um, even though that's always happening with language anyway, I have a saying that we're all hypnotists with a small H. <laughs> okay, um, that's good. You know, uh, because I think it's true. You know, we, we're, we're affected and influenced constantly by other people's language yes. and communication. You know, we cannot not be. It's moving our minds all the time. It's not just conveying information. It's literally shifting our state, shifting our attention, shifting the way we, way we experience ourselves, the way we experience the moment. And it's all going on subtly, uh, but it's going on all the time. Yes. I may not have answered your question there, but <laughs> I answered a question. <laughs> no, no you, you did uh, in terms of how you're applying this modality. So very interesting stuff. And it seems like you're a student of consciousness. And you posted a really interesting vlog in August 2015 called Upgrading Consciousness. And in it, you say... 
in traditional NLP and hypnosis-based approaches to change, the idea is often to unconsciously install new behaviors and responses, eradicate old behaviors and responses, or both. In my experience, this approach is generally flawed, which is just what you talked about right now, Hmm. because it ignores the inherent complexity and ecology of the system being worked with. My preference in the work I do is to work at the level of shifts in governing consciousness, upgrading consciousness, if you like, because shifts at this level create resilient, adaptable, and generative transformations that can handle whatever life throws at them. But what Hmm. exactly do I mean by upgrading consciousness, indeed, what is consciousness? So that's a very interesting and big question. And what I'd actually like to do is go ahead and dive into all of this on the other side of this break. So thank you for this introduction to the modality you developed, Hypnosis Without Trance. And we're going to dive into consciousness more very soon. But before we go to that break, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's show. Although we're not discussing food today at Gen R Radio, we appreciate that food is medicine and the basis of good health. Cultured dairy is an important part of gut healing and immune health. And you can learn how to make your own yogurt, kefir, and cream fresh at home with Monica Corrado's new ebook on culturing dairy, part two of the series on cooking techniques for the gut and psychology syndrome diet. This book is available at selenriverpress.com. That's S-E-L-E-N-E riverpress.com. Now, let's get ready for that break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with James Tripp, speaker, mentor, coach, and creator, developer of Hypnosis Without Trance. Stay cloned, and we'll see you in a jiffy with more cool stuff. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubed.com. 
www.sandragmalhotracommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with James Tripp, speaker, mentor, coach, and creator of Hypnosis Without Trance. And we were just talking about that on the previous side of this break. And we started talking about a blog that he wrote in August 2015 called Upgrading Consciousness. And I'd like to dive into that, into this segment. Uh, Because in that vlog, you started defining what consciousness is. Uh, You describe it as awareness mediated by functional understanding. So can you get into that in a bit more detail? What do you mean by those two things? Um, Yeah, I I will. I just want to put a caveat on there that I don't want to make any claims about what consciousness is. Yes. um, Because there are lots of different ways of using that term. And, ah. and I don't I don't want to claim that, you know, any way of using the term is right. Yes. I, I see this a lot in the world is I it's a little bugbear that I have around starting with the death, starting with the word and then moving towards reality rather than starting with reality and moving towards words. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. Okay. So I don't want to say what consciousness is, but there's a way I'm using the term there, yes. which I think is very useful. When people talk about upgrading consciousness or uh, raising consciousness or moving to a higher level of consciousness. What I think they're not talking about is simply being more awake and alert, you know. So, because we can talk about consciousness as consciousness versus unconsciousness, but that's not what I'm talking about here. So, when I'm saying, you know, we're moving to a higher level of consciousness, what that means to me is that we are able to be in the world in such a way as we have. Um, a greater wisdom about what it is that's actually happening in this moment. And perhaps a deeper and more resonant way of engaging, a more functional way of engaging. It's very difficult to talk about these things because the reality of them is beyond words mm. and, and words always never quite do them justice. But, but what I'm talking about here is an ability to be inside of a moment with, with real wisdom and being able to be connected to your personal resources and a lot of deep, Ironically, a lot of the clarity about what it is that's happening in the moment when I'm talking about a higher level of consciousness, consciousness will be unconscious until you alight upon it in your mind, but it's there and it's available to you. So that's what I mean by um, consciousness in this level, in, in this context and having a sort of switched up higher level of consciousness. Okay. Um, and, in, and I'm going to answer your question rather than hedge around it, which I just did. Um, <laughs> You were, you were talking about awareness mediated through understanding. Yes. I think this is a really important thing because we can be aware, but if we're not able to draw a rich set of distinctions, and I, and I mean this outside of consciousness, actually, even though I'm talking about consciously, or if we're not able to have access to a rich set of distinctions that relate to what we're perceiving to, what we are perceiving in that moment, we can't really do anything with it. We can't interact with it well. So when kids are born, they have awareness. I don't know to what degree they're aware. You know, maybe their senses aren't fully developed. But it's undifferentiated. There's an undifferentiated mass of sensory data coming in, an undifferentiated mass of experience. And there's no, there's no way to bring oneself to bear upon the world effectively when there's just this undifferentiated mass of experience, however aware of it you are. 
If you're not aware of distinctions and nuances within it, you don't have choices. This is a key thing. Choice relies upon distinction. Choice relies upon distinction. And if distinction isn't there, choice isn't there. Um, so if I offer you a choice between an apple and an orange, if the only distinction you can make is fruit, that's no choice at all. But if you can see that an apple is different from an orange because you have that distinction, uh, you have a higher level of consciousness in the way I'm talking about it here, so you can make that choice. Oh, I'll choose an apple or I'll choose an orange. You need a set of distinctions to differentiate the two to be able to really have a choice in that moment. Otherwise, it's just fruit or just things or just stuff, if that makes sense, if that's not too philosophical and out there. No, I, I'm, I'm getting it. And I guess my question is, as you're talking about this, you're talking about differentiation and how that's helping with understanding and making choices. So when upgrading consciousness, what role do emotions have to play in that? Because those have to be upgraded as well. Is that true? In in other words, uh, instead of having more base emotions, having higher level emotions like love and compassion, does that play at all into this or is is that a separate thing? No, I think I think it does play into it as well. And again, you know, all of these terms I'm using poetically rather than scientifically. I'm not a yeah. scientist that says this is the way things are. Yeah. But I do think uh, emotion plays into it. And I think that when we have we have a set of distinctions and then there's how we relate to them as well. Mm. Because we can relate to what we see in the world. We can attempt to micromanage what we see. But going back to this idea from Heisenberg that reality is not any more complex than you think. It's more complex than you can think. The thinking that I think is being talked about there is left brain analytical thinking. Yeah. And one thing that's absolutely true, I mean, life is chaos in many ways. It's an, I believe, is an ongoing unfolding of infinite complexity that we're engaging with moment by moment by moment and in order to engage with that in order to participate in that unfolding creatively we cannot micromanage it that you know that left brain function it it just doesn't work out and going to what you were talking about earlier we were talking about different states of mind and i talked about what's sometimes called generative trance which isn't necessarily a zonked out state It can be um, a state of of widened, expanded bandwidth of awareness, being aware of more. And within that is a rich set of distinctions, but it's not a rich set of distinctions being processed in a linear uh, this, then this, then this way. It's almost like a simultaneous perception. And I think when people are, are with this and they're relaxed and they're able to let go, because you see people in a state like this and there's a lot of relaxation and fluidity in their body. You see people get wrapped around a narrow set of ideas and they get a lot of neuromuscular lock and and the whole fluidity of their movement tends to be affected. Mm. And because it's a full body experience, it is intimately related to how we feel and how we experience the moments. So I think there is a relationship, a strong relationship with feelings and quote unquote higher states of consciousness tend to be more equated with states of well-being. Okay. All right. So when you talk about life consciousness, just practically speaking, what does that look like in terms of 
how people behave if they have a low level of life consciousness versus a high level of life consciousness? Okay, that's a brilliant question. Um, I think for me, what I'm looking at, what I'm seeing, I'm going to have to move my location here slightly because someone's cranked a machine up here. <laughs> what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing when, um, when looking at life consciousness is yeah. if you see somebody with a, a, a low level of consciousness, I, I hate saying this because it sounds highly judgmental and perhaps it is, I don't know. Um, but when we are, because we can all get caught in low levels of consciousness, it's not that we transcend these things and we become wonderful, perfect human beings. People's quality of consciousness is shifting all the time. Um, somebody in a low level of consciousness is likely to be uptight. They're likely to be probably having a bad time underneath the surface. They're, they're likely to be very reactive to little things. So they're losing touch with the bigger picture all the time. They're likely to be neuromuscularly locked down in their um, physiology and there's a lot of micromanaging behavior a lot of reactivity it's very difficult to be in the world as a creator from that space mm -hmm. because it's, it's it's about being constantly in reaction oh this then this and every time the thing about narrow states of consciousness is every time something catches uh the attention everything else disappears um Whereas higher states of consciousness, even though something may, may become the focus of attention, there's a background awareness for everything else as well. Mm -hmm. So you see that reflected in a more expanded state, a more responsive state rather than reactive. One term that I use, a poetic term, is being the Zen calm at the center of the storm. Mm. So, you know, there's this idea of the still at the, the eye of the storm. But if you are the still, the storm can be going on around you. Right. And it's understanding that whatever's going on around you, whatever craziness, whatever quote-unquote catastrophes may be going on, in any given moment, you have a choice to meet that at your best or meet that in some kind of reactive panic state, attempting to micromanage mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is the most powerful choice that we have. And it's not an easy choice when we keep getting hooked into narrow uh, thought-created, mind-made, reactive states and this kind of thing, what I often call trances. These are trances. A panic is a trance. A panic state is a trance. It's a narrow bandwidth trance compared to a broad bandwidth trance, like a generative trance, which includes more of our resources, includes more of who we really are in any given moment. And there's a real difference in way of being. So, Narrow reactive trances are often trying to jump up and nab us and have us and pull us into mm. lower states of consciousness. It happens all the time. You can have somebody who's, who's a fully grown, switched on, switched up adult, but there's someone who triggers them at work, for example, you know, in their uh -huh. place of work, you know, mm -hmm. and they see this person and something happens and suddenly everything else about who they are disappears and they collapse down into this narrow reactive state. And mm. they've just been had by, I often call these toxic trances. Oh, Mm -hmm. which okay. is a low state of consciousness. So if okay. we can learn to keep ourselves out and more fully connected to more of who we are in any given moment, more connected to who we are when we're at our best, we can be responsive, we can be a little bit more measured, and whilst crazy stuff's going on, we can be, as I call it, the Zen calm at the center of the storm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, what I'm understanding is that that Zen calmness is 
really using both parts of the brain, the right and left part of the brain in terms of tapping into getting into a flow and a state of relaxation, Absolutely. perhaps mm-hmm. even relying a bit on intuition. So it's, it's getting out of sort of the stressed fight or flight state that many people find themselves in as mm-hmm. a result of a hectic life and just, just relaxing and being open to all these things. So that's very interesting. And so what I'd like to get into in the next segment on the other side of this break is uh, how you work with people to help them go from lower to higher levels of consciousness and how you've put that into practice in your own life as well. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, good. So thank you for this explanation. That was really interesting. Now let's get ready for our break. But before we do, I'd like to thank our sponsor for today's show. Although we are not discussing food today at Gen R Radio, we really appreciate how powerful food is on our health. It's the basis of good health. If you're not familiar with the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Nutritional Protocol, get the book that Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride says everyone needs. Monica Corrado's ebook, Meat Stock and Bone Broth, Cooking Techniques for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Diet. This book is available at Celine River Press. Now let's get ready for that break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with James Tripp, speaker, mentor, coach, and creator of the Hypnosis Without Trance modality. Stay close, and we'll see you soon on the flip side with more interesting stuff from James. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. 
Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with James Tripp, speaker, mentor, coach, and creator of the Hypnosis Without Trance technique. And in the previous segment, James gave us a really nice explanation of how he defines lower versus higher states of consciousness, uh, how people behave when they're in each of those states, and how they are in the world. And I thought that was a very interesting explanation. And so, James, what I take from this is that what you would like to do with your clients is to help them move from one state to the other. And you talked to us in the first segment about hypnosis without trance. So do you use that in addition to other techniques to help your clients? Well, yes, I do. I mean, in in many ways... People often say to me about hypnosis without trance, some people say, well, look, you know, you didn't really invent this because da, 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 da. And they talk about as if I created or invented something. And I've made it very clear that hypnosis without trance isn't something different or special. It's a way of thinking about and a way of understanding hypnosis. And uh, because we shift the way we understand it, it gives us a different set of choices that are not normally apparently available to, to people using different models of hypnosis. So that's the thing I want to make clear. Okay. The second thing is I believe that hypnosis is happening all the time. It's happening all the time. Uh, and in the language and communication is always directing attention, leading cognition and seeding ideas. This is why I said we're all hypnotists with a small age. Yeah. But the more that a person understands about how that works, the more they're able to do it elegantly and strategically in, you know, rather than just kind of, Hey, randomly and hoping things work out well. Yeah. So in a, in a sense, in, in, on one level at least, I'm always using everything that I know about hypnosis in my client communications. Um, from beginning to end, there's no point where it starts or stops because I cannot not know those things. I cannot not get those things about um, understanding. So I'm also, when, I, when I'm first talking to a client, I'm, it's like I'm not talking to the client. I'm uh, wanting to be aware of wh- what particular trance state they're in. Mm. Um, now, when I say hypnosis without trance, what I mean is without that traditional conception of trance as being this particular special state that is called hypnosis. Um, I'm interested in ongoing flows of trance. So I'm interested in any trance state, all trance states. And, and people often come in and they might be wrapped in a particular trance state. And that trance state is excluding the resources, the personal resources that they have that will enable them to shift their experience around a particular problem. So I'm often looking at that. What's the trance state this person's presenting in? Is there any specific trance states in their life which are causing repeated problems for them? Perhaps they are having a problem working with their business partner and every time they sit down to talk about a particular subject, both people's states shift in a particular unuseful way and there's an impossibility to communicate functionally from there so you've got two trances figuring up triggering off each other and meeting in a way that's counterproductive in that moment so in that case when a person is repeatedly had by the same kinds of trance states that are not useful i often call them toxic trances Mm -hmm. what we want to be able to do is we want to be able to first shift them from being had by the trance to having the trance And this means shifting to a higher level of consciousness in relation to that and being able to bring to bear more of who they are upon it 
and start to reorganize the structure of it very easily uh, and very ecologically. So they can go back into that situation that's always panned out the same way, but instead they have access to a, a, a much broader range of personal resources in that moment. They have access to choices that they were not seeing before. It's not that they weren't there, but they weren't seeing them because that trance state excluded them, the one that they were in. Mm. So this is one of the ways that I'm interested in working with, uh, with clients. There's, there's also a distinction between reacting versus creating okay. in that a lot of the people I'm working with are creating things in yes. the world. And they want to be able to be showing up and being themselves at their best and coming from that creative place because everybody knows what it's like to – well, I see everybody, but um, a lot of people, a lot of people who listen to this show will know what it's like to be in one of those moments of clarity where you know what you're doing, why you're doing it. You've got, you're in, in touch with the deeper values, so you feel the enthusiasm about doing it and everything flows and everything's wonderful. And then another few days later, a bunch of stuff's going on and we can find ourselves in a low state of consciousness, lost focus, don't know what we're doing, going, right, I know I really should be getting on with this. And things can be more difficult. Um, can you relate to that, Sandra? Oh, my goodness. Uh, peaks and valleys. Yeah, especially right. being an entrepreneur. Right. <laughs> it seems like there could be peaks and valleys within a day uh, from day to day because you get so many different things uh, thrown at you. Uh, I, I read a description of an entrepreneur being the type of person that jumps off a cliff and builds an airplane on the way down. So right. as you're building an airplane on the way down, many unexpected things happen. And yeah. so I would think that having the presence of mind to be in that Zen-like state that you talked about would be extremely useful as an entrepreneur mm. because you're just able to keep your senses about you as things are happening and, like you say, tap into your creativity to come up with solutions to things that yeah. are happening. Right. I, I think that's a huge thing because we, we create. There are certain states that we can create from. Yes. And there are certain states that we just cannot create from. Right. If we're that's in right. fear and we're in reaction, then yes. that's an inherently avoidant state. All our internal drivers will be about avoiding. And I don't believe that you can create from an avoidant state because you need to engage to create. Yes. You need to move outwards and connect with the world and connect with what's happening. If the internal drivers are trying to pull us away, and that's what can happen sometimes. This is people talk about procrastination. Yeah. Well, that's, it's an avoidance behavior. Something deep down is saying, oh, stay away from that. And up here again, but I should do it. And we end up with this kind of tussle within ourselves and this kind of thing. And these are all very human things. These are all very human challenges. The question is, how, do we, how can we become uh, a better witness to our own processes and start to go, oh, look, I see how that happens. When that happens, I see how it happens. So I also see how this happens when I'm in a higher state. So once we start having this awareness, it's not necessarily even about making conscious choices. Our wisdom, for want of a better word here, is going to look and see a choice that it didn't see before and start recognizing, actually, because I know how I do these low states and because I know how I do these high states, I can make choices. Mm. And a lot okay. of people don't realize that it's the state, people often get hooked up and they think that their state is about what's happening to them. Yeah. Right? That's what they think. They go, well, I feel bad at the moment because of this, 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 and this. Well, those things are occurring. And then there's how you feel. And the question is, how do you want to be and who do you want to be 
in the face of these things, in response yes. to these things? You at your best or somehow a diminished version of yourself, which has gone into reaction and fear and that kind of thing. So, so there's a lot of stuff around uh, that I do around engagement, creative engagement, being yourself at your best, uh, and this kind of thing. It's a level yes. I work at a lot with people. Ah, fascinating stuff. Now, let's get into how you've applied this to your own life. And mm. one particular situation that we may be able to talk about in that regard is, like we mentioned, you're on the road for a year with your family. And doing something like that, I would imagine, involved a lot of creative choices to, to make that yes. happen. That's that's a significant undertaking to do that, but it must be oh so much fun and oh so worth it for everyone in your family. So can you talk to us about what kind of choices you had to make to allow this to happen? Yeah, yeah I, I can because um, one of the things, one, one of the biggest choices, the biggest chunk choices is I had uh, a business model and a business that worked well yeah. and was doing great. Um, where I lived, just north of London, my offices and training facility was literally five minutes walk from my house, which is a wonderful thing. Um, wonderful. I absolutely loved I loved the space. We'd uh, gone to the trouble of creating a space that was, that was a fantastic place to be. So I loved being mm. in my workspace. Uh, and my, uh, it was my workspace and creation space. That's the way I saw it. Um, and everything was perfect in many, many ways. And it would have been very easy to stay with that. Yes. And it got to a point where the lease came up and it was time to renew the lease. So there was a natural choice point there, decision point at least. And I, um, I like to, when I'm going to negotiate something, which I was going to be renegotiating my lease with my landlord, I like to get the outside options. It's a game theory idea. If you know your outside options, then you're less attached to the inside options. And when there's less attachment there, you have more power to be grounded when negotiating. So I went into a space and kind of coached out of myself the outside options. What is everything else we could do if we did not do this? Mm. Um, <clears throat> and there were some really interesting things came up, lots and lots of different options. This is everything else we could do if we don't renew the lease and actually some of these options look really good so um so when it came to renegotiating the lease i thought he was going to play hardball because we'd done so much to this space and it was you know many senses you know he would be able to let it for a lot more than we were paying after everything that we'd done um and given certain things about how he'd been in relation to us we suspected he was going to up the um rent significantly yeah and we didn't want to do that but he didn't do it. He said, well, you've been good tenants, so I'm very happy to just carry on as we are for another five years. And I thought, oh, which is what I thought I wanted. And, but having considered all these other possibilities, my, this signal was coming up from inside of me saying, hang on a second, just take a little space here. So I said, well, you know, would it be good if I get back to you tomorrow about this? And I, I went back and spoke to Lexi, my wife, and said, yeah, we can renew. But what about this? And we decided we wouldn't renew and we would up get plane tickets to go around the world for a year uh, and just see what unfolds on the way. Explore and see what unfolds. We're home educating our children, which is fantastically educational for us. 
um, possibly more than it is for them even. And, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's made a big shift in a lot of things and, and we're still exploring and we're still doing it. We're about six months in now and it's interesting and fun. Yeah, sounds very interesting. And I like the example that you used of Elise because I would imagine that a lot of people could probably get really stressed out about a lease that's ending and wanting to make sure that it's renewed and possibly not give themselves the space to come up with, like you said, the outside options. Like really, what else is there? The world will not come to an end if this lease does not get renewed. So that was a really interesting example. So thank you for that. And I'd like to continue talking about your travel on the other side of this break. But right now, let's get ready to to take our final break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And I'm here with James Tripp, speaker, mentor, coach, and developer at Hypnosis Without Trance. See you in a few for our final segment. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki, are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at WCubedCommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with James Tripp, speaker, mentor, coach, and developer of Hypnosis Without Trance. And on the other side of the break, James started telling us about the one year on the road that he's spending with his family, his wife and his two daughters. And he was talking about some of the choices that he had to make to make this happen. So in your, on your website, you also talk about your one year on the road by saying, 
Of course, many have also cautioned us against this, considering it reckless, irresponsible, and unnecessarily risky. After all, I gave up my nice offices and training facility along with a tried and tested business model that worked in order to do this. But a life of certainty and predictability has at least as many minuses as pluses. So you were just telling us about how things were smooth with your business and you decided to take this trip. So can you talk to us, what did you mean about minuses of certainty and predictability? Because I, I, many people probably prefer that, but what are they possibly giving up? Okay, well, one of the things, um, one, one of the things that I, I like to do is I like to check out the default future on things. And when I checked out the default future, that's I'm going in my imagination to my future. If I carry on doing this, as the old yes. Chinese proverb goes, if you don't look where you're going, you'll end up where you're heading. <laughs> um, and I could see where I was heading, which was more of the same, really, more of the same. And it looked, it was nice enough. I've, I've enjoyed the last, uh, I've enjoyed the time I've been in, in my office space and I've enjoyed where I've been going. And of course, I could carry on doing roughly the same thing but what I'm doing is I'm staying in the same reality. And even though I may be there trying to think of new, new directions and different things I can do to take my business to the next level, I'm going to be doing it from within a very familiar set of paradigms and circumstances and all of that. And I'm not saying it's not possible to create from that space because it is. But, you know, we see the world as we see it, not as it is. And if we get stuck in, in one mode, one rut, um, yeah, that rut can carry on a long time in the same direction. We have a situation an old mentor of mine used to call the past plus 10%. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of having an exponential growth or a, a whole level shift, it's just, just more of the same but a little bit more, a little bit tweaked here and there. So knowing what's got me here isn't what's going to get me there. Uh, that was one of the things about going out there. I had a sense that by going out into the world and doing all these things, it's going to stir the pot hugely mm. uh, new possibilities are going to come up things we never occurred to us before are going to come up all sorts of things and they have done and, they, and you know life when we get back will look nothing like it did before so it's, it's a complete shake-up so the the downside is not getting the shake-up the downside is more of the same the downside is it, it's you know, and I'm not saying it's impossible, again, to come up with, with new possibilities and new directions when staying in the same place and doing the same things. But the same place and the same things can act as strong anchors for more of the same. Yeah. So, yeah, whereas difference, radical difference, well, difference necessitates different response sets, different considerations, different mm. uh, uh, options and opportunities. So, yeah, the, the choice point there is is really to simplify it is more of the same, which yeah. is nice and pleasant, or the possibility for an infinite number of possibilities for different yes. things. And, yeah. you know, so, so that one. And, of course, the infinite number of possibilities, depending on how one approaches that, they could look scary or they could look wonderful. Um, and again, it's, it comes back down to a lot of stuff about, well, how do I want to be in, in the, you know, within this context? How do I want to engage in this context in a, in a fearful and um, avoiding way or in a, 
in a creative and approaching way, connecting way. Mm-hmm. And, and those are my choices about how to live life because I don't want to be there at the end of time looking back and saying, well, you know, we played it real safe and, yeah. you know, we were good and steady. Things were steady. They were <laughs> steady. That was good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. For sure. That's the way. So you, oh, sorry. You said you're no. six months into it now. So That's right, are, yeah. are you able to absorb how this trip has impacted you on a deep level, how you would go back in, in another six months from now and resume differently? Uh, absolutely, in huge ways. I mean, many mm. things. I mean, one of the things we're doing is this wasn't a plan when we left, but our house is on the market now in the UK. We're selling our house. Um, so when we get back, we'll be homeless. That's an interesting thing. Um, so... And one of the reasons for that is because we decided we wanted to buy land and build a house, mm-hmm. which is a house, a living space that will be aligned with our values, not yes. a house that somebody else built. And it's like, well, you know, that's good. That's nice. But something that really reflects how we choose to engage with the world and how we choose to live our lives. And we get to create that, which is a, a fantastic thing. Also, we're now we're home educating our children. One of the things about that is we include them in processes like creating a house, you know, because so far as I'm concerned, that is a phenomenal education for them to be involved, personally involved in looking at making choices, seeing how those decision making processes uh, come out. You know, they see what if, if they come into adulthood saying, you know, seeing that you can create what you want to create in the world. And having good reference points for that having happened, for me, that's a far more powerful education than the classic kind of academically orientated education that the mainstream school system offers. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff there. The other thing that we're doing, we want to create, because we're all into movement as a family, movement arts and this kind of thing, integrated movement arts. We are going to create a community um, movement culture jam space where people from different movement disciplines martial arts circus gymnastics tricking parkour all of these things can come and train together and share wow. ideas and, uh, and we're going to do this as a community based um project so it's it's not it's an it's a not-for-profit we will still make some profit on the side but people can come down make a donation and just jam and learn from each other and this kind of thing there's nothing like that where we are, and it's really aligned with our values in so many ways. So we're looking forward to creating that as well. Wow. Talk about living uh, a fully experienced life, uh, creating your own living space like that, which really fits your lifestyle for, for yourself and your family, and also something, a nonprofit, something that you're passionate about. Wow, that's, that sounds really wonderful. That sounds really, yeah. really great. Yeah, so. yeah, we're pretty excited. The only downside oh, sure. is being six months in, it's almost like we want to rush back and do that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see how that would be super exciting. Well, thank yeah. you so much for all of the information that you gave us today. It was very enlightening. I really enjoyed it. And I wish you all the best on the rest of your trip and with the construction of your dream home. Thank you very much indeed, and thank you for having me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We'll be here again, same time, same place. And our guests will be Smart Fit Girls, a coaching program for preteens to teach them to value and love themselves and their body. So thank you again for stopping by today. Namaste. 
Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.